Hello there, I'm Julian and I'm really pleased you've chosen to download and listen to this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time out to listen to little old me. If you're new here, then welcome to the Productivity Matters podcast. It's all about helping you to be better at getting things done. And on this episode, much has been in the news lately about the apparent lack of care being taken with online security. So, as a subject close to my heart, I'm going to take another look at how you can take steps to be safe online. Now before we get going let me just check my phone's on silent, my MacBook is on do not disturb. Okay let's do this. I've talked about online security in the past and thought that following recent headlines I'd do a follow-up. It seems that on the whole, we're not learning lessons and we are exposed in ways we simply can't imagine. It seems to be a case of, it won't happen to me. It's strange because you look after your house keys and the keys to your car, your bike, your van, your lock belongings away safely, but it appears that generally we're carefree when it comes to passwords. A recent study by the UK National Cyber Security Centre has found that the most common password on accounts that have been breached was 123456. It was found 23 million times. The second most popular was 123456789, followed by QWERTY, password, and 111111111, that sort of thing. The NCSE study has also asked people about their security habits and their fears and it found that 42% of people questioned expected to lose money to online fraud and only 15% of people questioned said they felt confident that they knew enough to protect themselves online. It found that less than half of those used a separate hard-to-guess password for their main email account. Now this last per point is really worrying as your email is the one place a hacker could get access to absolutely everything your online life is pretty much in your email they could use it to find out all about you and target scams specifically at you just take this real life example where a scammer has convinced someone to part with thousands of pounds Because they had the password to the user's email account, they discovered that they're in touch with the builder about some work. So the scammer sent them an email pretending to be the builder asking for some money. It was paid and that was it. The banks usually take the stance currently that because you authorise the transaction known as an authorised push payment or APP, then you are liable and they don't have to refund you. It's harsh, and steps are being taken to address this, but through taking care with your online security reduces the risk of this happening. The onus must be on us to take care with our money. Another issue is that apart from being easy to crack, it's a fair bet that these passwords are being used for multiple accounts. So if one of your accounts has been compromised, then the hacker can just use your username and password against other sites to see if they get a hit. So how can you protect yourself online? Well, the first step, I'm sure you might have guessed this by now, is to use a different password for each online account you have. Now this might seem really onerous, but your online online life, that's easy for me to say, your online life is on the line and you need to protect it. 
This is going to reduce the impact of a hacker accessing your accounts. Where possible, use different usernames too. You need to make it as hard as possible for the fraudster to get access to your information. So using a different password is good, but if it's easy to guess, like a surname, a maiden name, or a dog's name, then it will be easily found out by the fraudster and bingo! The passwords need to be hard to guess, and there are a couple of ways to do this. The simplest method is to come up with a phrase and create a password using the first letter of each word in that phrase. So, for example, let's say the phrase is, My favourite place in the world is at home with my family. Your password would then be M-F-P-I-T-W-I-H-W-M-F. Yes, it's a mouthful, but you only have to remember the phrase in order to remember the letters. It's a great password. Now, mix it up with some upper and lower case letters and replace certain letters with numbers. For example, the letter I you replace with a 1 and replace the letter A with a 4. And now you have the password MFP1TW14HWMF. Maybe you can introduce some special characters too and replace the 4 with the ampersand sign. There's a whole host of ways. You need to create separate passwords for your accounts, but if you make them memorable, then the difficulty in remembering them is reduced. Now, I know this is difficult to articulate on a podcast, so please go and read the transcription of this podcast. The link is in the show notes, and you'll be able to see an example of all of these put together with the uppercase, lowercase letters, special characters, and all of that sort of thing. You probably have a lot of online accounts, probably more than you think you have. There's all your online shopping accounts. There are your financial accounts, your email account or accounts if you have more than one. You've got your Netflix or other streaming service login. And there's all of the social media accounts too. Now, I just checked and I have 286 different online accounts. Now, not all of them are used regularly, admittedly, but they are all stored somewhere online. Of these, only six of them have the same password. I really should take a look at those. So how do I do it? Well, I use a password manager, and the one I use is called LastPass. There are others on the market, such as Dashlane and 1Password, and even your browser can store passwords for you, although I don't really recommend that. But I've been using LastPass for a number of years and have been extremely happy with them. It's cross-platform, so I can use it on my MacBook, on my phone, and anywhere else that I want to go and access the web. When you create an account, you set up an access password, and this should be a hard-to-guess password, similar to using the method that I just described in terms of using a passphrase, as it's the only password you're going to need in the future. And it's so important that you don't forget this password. Okay, Not even the guys at LastPass can retrieve it. It is literally um, yours. Uh, it's completely uh, not saved anywhere. Uh, if you lose it, you will lose access to all of your passwords. The next time you log in to one of your online accounts, LastPass will ask you if you want to store this in your vault. And if you say yes, then the username and the password that you've uh, entered will be stored securely. 
Now, the next time you go to that login page, LastPass will recognize the site and will prompt you to select the details from the vault. All you have to do is select them, click login, and you're done. So it makes logging in much quicker because you don't have to type anything. And it's also secure because it's stored away somewhere. Now, when you go to set up a brand new account and you get to the field that says enter password or create password, Instead of using your usual string of letters and numbers, you can ask LastPass to generate the password for you. Now, I'm not going to talk through all of the steps because it can get quite um, confusing listening to it all. But at the end, your new account will be stored in the vault and all is safe. And it's not just passwords. LastPass also gives you the ability to store images so you can create secure notes uh, with passport information, driving license information, anything, in fact, any, any personal information you could store. And, for example, in an emergency, if your passport gets stolen, you can easily access it from there. And uh, if you're on holiday when it happens, then you can go to the consulate and you've actually got a picture of your passport there so you can show them what it's all about. It's really good. And another great feature of LastPass is the ability to store credit and debit card information along with your address details. So the next time you shop online and you need to go and get your card, which is in your wallet, which is in the kitchen, and you really can't be bothered to get up and go and get it, then you can use the form fill functionality to retrieve the necessary information and your purchase is complete. You can set additional security against these particular details so that you have to enter your LastPass password to access them, adding an extra layer of protection. So a really good functionality there, and, and I use it all the time. And while LastPass is easy to use, you do need to sort of keep on top of it and, and take control and look after it, sort of housekeeping, which is really straightforward. But just to make sure that everything is is uh, still there and you're, you're happy with the way it's working, uh, you could take a regular security challenge to test your password strength and uh, it'll tell you how old your passwords are. And in some cases, LastPass can automatically update them for certain sites with just one click, which is a real time saver. And it means that you 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 Keeping your passwords constantly updated also reduces the risk should there be any breaches of security anywhere. It's definitely worth looking into. I have put a link to the in the program notes to help get you started. Um, and I have literally scratched the surface of password security here. It will take a little effort to, to, to get it sorted. You do have to bear that in mind. But it must be worth it to know your information is secure and away from the prying eyes of the fraudsters. Now, there is one further level you can go to to secure your passwords, and that is known as 2FA, or two-factor authentication, also known as multi-factor authentication. Now, this is being offered by more sites now, and it means that access to your accounts is only available when you have the password and a physical entity at the time of logging in. So your mobile phone is probably the key here, although it could be a token too. When you log in, you'll you use LastPass as usual to pre-populate and send your login details. And then the site will ask you to enter another piece of identification generated on a device you physically have with you. Now, this could be in the form of a text message, uh, which gets sent to you by the site, or it could be in the form of an authenticator app on your phone. So this way, even if the hackers do get your username and password from a particular site, they can't access your account because they're not physically there with the device. You still need to be vigilant, 
password managers won't save you from accessing dodgy sites and entering your information, and password managers won't save you from yourself giving out details to people who you don't know who they are. As I mentioned at the beginning, this is a subject close to my heart. It seems the simplest thing to do, but it's amazing the number of people who, at the very least, don't use separate passwords. LastPass is free to try for 30 days, and after that it's just £30 per year, around that figure anyway. Uh, it's about $36. I think that's very reasonable for peace of mind. You can even take advantage of a family plan that they offer for up to six people, which is a little bit more, it's around the £36 mark real true value. Don't become a statistic. Don't be one of the 15% who are not confident in online security. Take the first step and try LastPass, see how it works for you. I hope you found this episode interesting. If you have any questions about online security or anything else, then please get in touch via Twitter at ProdMatters. Please don't forget to follow me where you normally listen to your podcast. Just hit that subscribe link right there and the next episode will automatically pop up when it's available. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe and until next time, remember, productivity matters.